You are listening to the In Black and White Show. So my name is Lenny Escobar. Uh, I'm the black guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you? I'm, I'm Cody Moulton. So the other guy doing the show. I'm the white guy. Uh, Talk to a person of color, ask them their experience, and listen. Listen like Christ would listen to somebody who is telling them, him, their story. I imagine that Christ would be so loving and so quiet and so attentive to their story because this person is telling them things that really matter to them. I would say that that is important. Welcome to the In Black and White Show, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm one of your hosts, Lenny Escobar, joined here by the incredible, inexplicable, and sometimes the unmutable Cody Moulton. Unmutable or immutable? No, no. Unmutable. Like, we can't shut you up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. What's good? Yeah. How you doing, Cody? Uh, You know. What? what? Not who? Are you talking to someone else in the room or something? No, no. It was... uh... I was just making sniffles, sure. Sniffles the cat. <laughs> yes, yeah, Sniffles. I'm talking to Sniffles. I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. You know, Good. It's, uh, as you know, a heavy, heavy past what week and a half, I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah. how are you doing, Lenny? Um, I think I'm doing all right. Um, like you said, heavy, heavy past week and a half. Heavy, pa- heavy yeah. seven days. I think is actually uh, the 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 actual oh, time. Oh, oh. Yeah, we'll go ahead and throw some more on there. A heavy seven months. Yeah, you know what? Six. Let's let's just throw yes, heavy, happy, heavy. What am I saying? Happy heavy months. Nope, that's happy, not right. Happy heavy. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe the happy. Uh, what twenty? How old am I? Twenty-four. <laughs> uh, all right. So twenty-four. That's half as old as you. Oh yeah, you know what? Um, did you did you right. graduate from school? You got your degree in... Dang it! I had a good one. It's, it was coming. <laughs> it was coming fast, but I just let I it go. Say. Yeah, yeah. Right. I I saw your diploma, you know, written on that stone tablet. It's really nice. <laughs> See, I wish that I could have gotten it. I would have. It would, that was my zinger the, you stole. The you only liked... reason I got there is because you took so long, and I I, I saw the window, and my brain started thinking within the window. Mm. And now I'm talking too much on Unmutable. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for joining with us and our pointless banter. Um, but we are grateful to be to have you listening to our show, and we are going to be talking about some heavier things today. Um, just in light of some of the recent events that are happening in our world and in our country, uh, we feel as podcasters that it would be it would be irresponsible for us to share... Um, just, just to also bring to light some of the the situations uh, and um, the social situations um, in this climate, it would be irresponsible for us not to talk about them as podcasters. So, it is going to be a little bit of a heavier episode. But before we get into the heavy, let's let's just enjoy just some good old quality. Would you rather? That was nice. If that, that was fun. You know, if that doesn't make you smile a little bit, then you are dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
just kidding. Well, you go ahead and hit stop on the podcast <laughs> and then hit play again because we want you to listen. Yeah, All absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenny, would you uh, would you rather have a hand twice as big or half as small? A hand? <laughs> just one. <laughs> just say hand. It's just... <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. I think that that's tough because here's here's the thing. I'm a saxophone player. And also, I play also I also play piano. So if my hand was twice as big, like, are we talking just like diameter wise, or is it like? I mean, just in every single way. It was just twice as big as it is now. Yeah. Just like twice as big as a palm, twice as long as fingers. Yeah, twice as you know, fat fingers. Long, long fingers. So yeah, mm-hmm. fat. So. Oh, so. long, long fingers. So yeah. Maybe fat, so. maybe fat on your side, but mm. <laughs> don't talk about my fat fingers. <laughs> yeah, how do you play the drum set? I'm just kidding. No, you're fine <laughs> with your hands. That's what you play. That's how you play it. Um, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say a hand twice as big, honestly, because I think a hand twice as small just makes things. I think it just like the benefits of having a hand that's twice as big, and the cons to it outweigh the benefits and the cons so there is more benefits and less cons to having a large hand one hand than a smaller hand can i change your mind yeah go ahead you like to work on cars right Mm. it's a good point you're you're yeah think about that that alternator you can never reach you got a little tiny hand you're there man (laughs) i know but but also if i i mean my most of my livelihood is I'm a musician, so if I have a small hand, I can't play piano very well, and I definitely can't play saxophone. Well, I guess yeah. maybe with my, I guess if I can choose the hand, then maybe, because my right hand could be a little less, could be a little smaller, and be able to play. Yeah, maybe, but I still go with there the bigger. Go. I still go with the bigger hand. Cody, right. what about you? Um, yeah, I'd probably go with the uh... man. I I actually I guess the bigger hand too. I think I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I think you know somebody breaks into my house, just give them a good slap, and they're 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 done, man. It's not like, <laughs> you know, yeah, just a little hand. It's just like a it's like a tap, like a tap. Yeah, I don't keep a baseball bat by the door. I just keep my hand ready. Really? Yeah, because you're because yeah, it's attached to you. Good one. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have another one. I just want us to answer really quickly because it made me laugh. Okay, what's what's that? Would you rather always have to enter rooms by announcing your name, or always have to do <laughs> cartwheels out? <laughs> I think I would enter a room announcing my name. I think that would be yeah. pretty epic. Me too. The 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 arrogance associated with that you can't pass that up. Oh yeah, just like Lenny has entered. You know, just... Can you imagine, uh, yeah, you walk into sacrament meeting light, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> you just sit down, <laughs> especially during the prayer. <sighs> if they were praying, <laughs> oh man, like, Lenny. <laughs> Someone's like, "What?" Everybody knows. Like, oh, Lenny's here. That's good. <laughs> there he is. He's. Walking in, making sure we know it. <laughs> oh. oh man, I'd hate hate for that to happen when you walk into the final judgment, you know. 
is Lenny. Jesus is waiting there. Lenny. He's like, yeah, I know. I made you, dude. Like, yeah, right. He's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about you. <laughs> All right. <coughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So. Excuse me. That's, that was a good one. Okay. I, um, I enjoyed that one. That was a good. Those are two good would-you-rathers. Hey, we're both on the same page. Speaking of solidarity. Oh, nice. Let's move into, let's get back to business. Oh, dang it, I said it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Let's get back back to business. There we go. You ever ever thought about starting your own business? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm trying to make it so smooth. All right, let's get black to business. Black to business. I just can't stop hearing it. Black to business. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm really glad that we actually we started the show with all these because I think... Uh, so Cody and I had a really nice long chat about all the things that are happening in our country and our world uh, today right before we start to record. And I think it was really insightful for both of us um, as we talked about our own, how we, <clears throat> excuse me, how we own personally felt about the things that are going on, uh, particularly the, the, the murder of George Floyd and all the accompanying, all the accompanying um, results of that. And it was really interesting uh, to hear and talk about our different perspectives as me, Lenny, a man of color, a black man of color, and Cody uh, as a white man. A man a man devoid of color. Yes. A man, <laughs> oh, yes. Devoid. That's such a, <laughs> devoid is such a powerful word. Just like, yes, you have none whatsoever. I guess, I guess we could be more accurate and you're like dark brown and I'm this... Uh, Pasty white, slight, slight peach. Oh yeah, I guess I, I'm sorry. I just went straight. I went straight for the jugular with that pasty white comment. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Paste, pasty peach. But but for all intents and purposes, uh, we had a great conversation as as a black man and a white man concerning this um, these issues that are are in our country today. And so, like I said before, we felt it would be irresponsible for us as podcasters to not, especially as we as we proclaim to be followers of Jesus Christ and, um, you know, as a black and white man and how um, we want to have natural conversations about how our lives are affected by the gospel and how the world around us and the way we live our life um, is, I guess, what, what is the way I said it before? How the, gospel, got- how the gospel affects us and how we live in our life. And, and how we see the world too. I would, yeah, absolutely. Might might add to that. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How it adds. So, let, I, I just want to do uh, just a slight recap of all the events um, that that have. No, I want to say, yeah, plagued us. Uh, plagued us as a world and a country. You know, first starting off in in about March is when we had uh, actions toward sort of reducing the spread of, of COVID nineteen. That resulted in the lockdowns, and 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 uh, yes, at least in America. That's at least right. in That's America, a good, right. good uh, clarification. At least in America, in this, this last March, and 
Now, if you couldn't tell by our accent, <laughs> right. uh, we are in tell. America. Because I am an American. My, you know what? Actually, that's a pretty powerful yeah. statement anyways. I was making a joke out of it, yeah. but it's no joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, good. yeah. So we had the COVID, uh, COVID um, pandemic, all of that, all, all the associated lockdowns and everything, and all of the, I would say, the stress and the, and the fear of all of that. Right, uh, is we didn't know what was going on. Um, uh, we were given, co- yes, exactly. People losing their jobs and st- stressed at they're at home trying to provide for their families and yes, um, that's just one uh, stress of the year. One stress of the year, and then we come into <clears throat> into late May, um, where we have the the murder of George Floyd, and then. Um, last uh, like seven days ago and then all the accompanying things that have happened so far which have been the the black community um rising i would say rising up and protesting these injustices um that have been piling up made up might i add for for a while when it comes to police brutality and and even you know racial injustice i i, I would add so compiled all of those together, then this the George, the murder of George Floyd was um, the tipping point, I think, for all of that. Now, I think it's... Right. I think... Part, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like like you said uh, earlier when we were chatting, it, this isn't uh, the, the protests and, the, and, the, and some of the upheaval we're seeing, a lot of the conversations being had. You know, there's been some instances of riots. Um, this is all not uh, caused by this one event of uh, George Floyd, right? There's lots of lots of different pieces here, and the main one being uh, uh, the black community feeling mistreated for a long time. So, Absolutely. Um, anyway, I just uh, want to say that. No, absolutely. And, and you said it so... <laughs> you said it really well about... Um, uh, to put this all into context... Um, this analogy that, that Cody used earlier was that everything is like a power keg and all of these different, all the different injustices, the, the, the killings of, and the murders of all of the other black, uh, people of color. Um, uh, when it comes to, you know, police, you know, at the result of police or, or other related means, um, were just a piece of that. They were just more fire or sorry, not fire. It was more, tinder or fuel for this powder keg and then come into this year with covid and the lockdowns and the 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 stress and the um just yeah the stress and the and the fear and all of that added more like gunpowder to this keg and then the last the match that lit this um this feeling that lit this and it it has exploded into what we see now is is the is uh, is George Floyd, and um, right. and I think that it's important to paint this backdrop for two reasons. Number one is <clears throat> you see that these instances. I mean, we're talking about the the social issues that we're talking about right now is is the black community and the mistreatment of people of color uh, by the justice system, by by the law system. I'm on the call, um, and. But it's all against this backdrop of all these injustices happening before and then COVID and all of the health scare and all that stuff creating this this tension and then this bomb going off and then and then everything is happening now um, 
as it is. And I think that right. it's, I think it's important to, to paint that backdrop because um, I think it's just important to, to know how we're like, where all this is coming from and all the factors that are related to it. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I, I'm sure everyone's seen plenty about it. They, they, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is everywhere on the news and on social media, but Lenny, you personally, where are you at with all this? How are you feeling? And what are some of your thoughts on uh, on the events going on? You know, it's it's. I'm feeling pretty heavy. I'm feeling... Um, I think that in my little corner of the world here... Um, you know, I, I'll share just a little bit about my my background first to kind of just paint this picture. So I, I was raised in a, I was born in in Elko, Nevada, or sorry, excuse me, I was born in Nevada in Reno, Nevada, and raised in a little town of Elko, Nevada, in northeastern Nevada. My parents moved up there for jobs after they had graduated after my mom graduated from college, and because uh, she went to school in Reno. And they started working up in, in the mines there in Elko. So I, re- I was raised in this community, and in this community, it was predominantly white. So meaning that in, in my school, I was one of three three black people, um, and more of them came, like more of uh, black people were, were uh, came to school as you know as we got older. So there's more classes, but in my graduating class, there were of a thousand kids, thousand students. There were three of us. And uh, so there wasn't, you know, a lot of diversity in my school. And um, it's pretty interesting now. It's a lot different as I look back uh, these years, looking back uh, back in my hometown, that actually the diversity has increased quite a bit. <clears throat> so, um, but I'm just talking about specifically about black people. There was lots of Hispanic and, and, and uh, Native American um students there but i'm just talking specifically about um about black blacks in this in this case so most of my friends growing up were were white most of the people that i interacted with were white save my family and i think uh i was really um really what's the word benefited no blessed i would say blessed that i didn't experience um I never experienced growing up. I never experienced outright racism, even in this predominantly white, uh, this white uh, community. Never experienced outright racism, <clears throat> and from what I know, I experienced very little um, racial discrimination, and 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 or bias. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that even though I experienced very little of this stuff, it still happened to me. Like, and I think that's important that that even in this really this community and and I'm really blessed to have lived a very blessed you know life going through that not experiencing a lot but the fact of the matter is that it did it did happen and whether it was intentional or not that's really not the point it was that it still happened and that um and at, at that point as a black person living in that community I wasn't really well equipped um well, that's not true. I was because my my mom prepared me pretty well <clears throat> for what it would be like to be black in a white community. 
but still as an adolescent as as a teenager is still maturing i wasn't you know all the way equipped to deal with those experiences and and definitely not equipped to teach people uh teach my friends and and the people that i in my community how to in essence in essence not be uh not to have these racial biases or stereotypes that uh, they were experienced that they were uh, showing me, you know? Right. So it was kind of, it's interesting in that. And the reason I, I bring that up is because I'm coming now, uh, moving uh, when I was, when I graduated high school, I moved here to Boise and where I went to school and still, I grew up still here. There's quite a bit more black people here. The black community here is much larger in Boise than it is in, in Elko, Nevada. But in my little corner of the of the world here in Boise, I was still in my circles one of maybe one or two black people. So when I went to the when I went to university, um, and I was in the music department, I was one of three, I believe. In uh, I think that we rotated, uh, like as you know, as people graduated and came in. I think I was one of three at, at, or maybe four at a time in this department of maybe two hundred or three hundred students, right. and. Uh, uh, same in, so in all my circles. So I, th- I think that that's still, um, it's still a, a, a big part of, of the narrative of my life when it comes to me as a black person. Um, but I'm, a, I'm now, I'm 29 years old, and now I have, I'm equipped with quite as, I'm an educator by trade. That's what I went to school for. Music education, but still an educator. And now I feel like I'm equipped to mature, like with the skills and the maturity to be able to teach people um teach people uh and and help them out of their ignorance when it comes to people of color and the issues that we face every day and that our children face and will face unless we do something and change something in the system that we are raising our families in and um so this is where this is all coming from okay i know that was a long a long long spiel to say how i'm feeling about these things I am sad, I'm saddened, and I'm angered by all of this. I don't think, and this has actually been really important for my development as a person, and really important as my development as a, as a person of color. Because before this happened with George Floyd, I don't think I was really aware of what was happening. And I'm going to use this phrase and just, I'm just going to use it in, the, in this case, that, you know, what was happening to my people, you know, to my black community, that this stuff was happening and it was happening really frequently. And I would even read it on the news, but I didn't really, it didn't really, I didn't understand it until this happened, until I, I saw outright um, bigotry, racism, and a whole nation of people crying out that that is not okay. And then I was able to see the everything else, all of the all of all the other situations and how they weren't okay. And then what that caused me to think was, why is it still happening? If we know it's not okay, why is it still happening? And that's why it's uh, it's really personal. It's not. It, it, no, that's it is. It's really personal to me because these my brothers and sisters the people that look the most like me on the, on the earth, you know, cause we're all brothers and sisters and I fully attuned to that cause we're all God's children. And I know that a hundred percent. And we all feel 
and we all bleed red and we all have these emotions and these gifts that Heavenly Father has given us. And and it just appalls me that there are people, the people that look the most like me, you know, that they are being treated like this differently and and unjustly while we are all God's children uh, just because of the way they look, because of the way we look. So that that is like, that's what the backdrop of this. So for me, I, that's how I feel about all of this. I feel that something needs to be done. A hundred, like a hundred percent. I've been using that, that phrase a lot. I, I feel like some things need to be done a hundred percent. And what I do feel it's, is it starts with all of us. And I'm grateful for the entirety of support, the, the condemnation of racism and for the actions of that cop that they were condemned and that things are being done about it. And I'm grateful for that. So so that is, I think that's where I stand just like about this whole thing. Just like you have a little bit more about my story. um, And that's where I stand on this. I'm outraged and I'm sad and I'm ready. I'm ready for things to change. And I don't, and I feel like that is the sentiment across black communities all across America is we feel that way. We are angered, we are tired, and we want things to change. That's the backdrop. Yeah. And I want to add to that um, the it. The it. So there's lots of different, uh, and and maybe I'll I'll bring up some other perspectives here. Mm Please do. But there's lots, lots of different ways that people are looking at this right now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've we've obviously had uh, uproar in the communities. We're seeing it on social media. We're hearing about it. A lot of people are coming out and they're 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 condemning racism and and uh, in our friend groups, uh, companies are doing it, organizations are doing it. Um, we've seen. Uh, peaceful protests, we've seen riots, we've seen all sorts of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Some people are thinking this is uh, uh, this is being blown out of proportion. Some people are thinking this isn't getting the attention it needs. All over the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what it comes down to is is there's a community here in America, the black community, that uh, are, are feeling this pain. And whether or not we think that it's uh, being blown out of proportion or it's not getting the attention it deserves, the point is what we can see right now is uh, this is a, a community crying out for for change and for help. Yeah. And, and, and the reason I say that is because I, th- I think we're all on the same, more of us are on the same page than would seem to look on social media mm-hmm. or that it might look like when the media is telling us to pick sides. Uh, this, this isn't a sides, a sides game, uh, for, for most of us, I would say. And, and the reason, and I mean that by, I think what most of us would agree. Racism is bad. What happened to George Floyd is horrible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of us would agree. Uh, any more further pain or conflict with with rioting happening and whatnot, which is you know scaring a lot of people, 
that's a bad thing. We're, we're on the same team here. So let, let's discuss about what we know and what we can, we can, how we can help resolve the situation instead of, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want this country to, to feel more divided over something that we're more unified on than we realize, you know, mm-hmm. but we also need to do something about this. That's what these cries are, are, are saying to me is, is yeah, we might be on the same page. What are we, what are we going to do about it if we're on the same page? Right. I feel like that is, um, for me, uh, and I, I'm talking, and I actually want to, I want to just put a caveat on, a caveat on this because these are feelings. Um, if if any of the listeners, if any of our listeners have other insights about these things, um, you know, we we encourage insightful and constructive dialogue. This is our first foray into into something I think that is uh, emotionally charged to this, but. Um, so we want to just, you know, we, we want to encourage a constructive dialogue about some of these things. But I think that um, the, the reason I say that caveat is that maybe some of our, our views and the way that we think about things uh, can be influenced, enlightened, and made more, made clearer. And I think that we would recognize that we would encourage that. So I just want to put that caveat there. But Yes. Communication is key, right? Yeah, absolutely. We need to, we need to be able to have these conversations. Yeah. And... We, if we have different opinions or perspectives, we we need to be able to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 can't find change and and find ways to move things ahead if we aren't allowing each other to talk and if we aren't listening. Right now, we we need to listen more. And and I think that that's really important um, that we do need to listen more. And and I will be as bold as to say that the people that we need to listen to. Are the people that are that the communities that are actually experiencing this, the experiencing this, the hate and the bigotry, that kind of stuff. We need to listen to them first, and maybe a little bit more intently to understand what what we are going through, because um, in one shape or another, I, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna flat out and say that um, I don't know. I know that as far as things are in America right now, that I am going to have to teach my my children, specifically my sons, how to be arrested and how to deal with law enforcement. I have to I'll have to teach them how to do that to protect them. And I don't think there are a lot of a lot of other communities that have to there are other communities that don't have to do that. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we, we should be listening to the people that these are affecting. Let me listening to them first and trying to understand where the, what they're going through. That being said, I want to say something uh, about these, about the riots, the looting, all that stuff. Because um, I think that this is one of the divisive, divisive uh, comment, uh, commentary is that, you know, riots are bad and then that it's... It's about uh, then riots are bad and what's the other side that I don't, it's I don't know. justified. Yes, it's justified. And here's what I would say about that. This is just my opinion. Whether or not it's justified, whether or not that these like these things are happening and whether or not they the riots are justified 
the the message that is there that we need to focus on in order to solve everything is that the the injustices are present and they need to be addressed so right it's not about and and, and let me just say that writing violence it, it's it's not the best solution it's it, I, that's my belief it's not the best solution uh, now I, there's tons of quotes out there of very of very influential civil rights movements uh, civil rights leaders in from the 60s uh, most notably, I, I'm not going to quote any specific names because I don't want to. I don't know exactly, but I know some of them have said that violence is the way that when peaceful protest doesn't work, violence is the way that um, that your voice is heard, and you know that that I that probably is true. Um, but I think I I, I think it's I think it's a, a valid perspective. Yes, yes, but, absolutely, but. But I would also lean towards just because it's a valid perspective doesn't mean it's. Uh, uh, how do I say that? I, I think President Nelson said it very well yesterday, and he said violence has never been solved. The problem of violence is never solved with more violence. Hmm. And I think I would, you know, I would hold pretty close to that. That. Uh, I don't know. I think there's lots of ideologies, lots of uh, philosophies out there. But the one I, I, when I think about violence and and how different how change has been brought in different certain now, obviously there's there's wars. Wars happen sometimes, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This isn't to say that violence doesn't exist, but the the uh, anyway the ideal path to a a, a worthwhile a, a fully fleshed solution should ideally shouldn't involve violence, and we shouldn't strive for that now it happens yeah um, and I, I think that's the important thing is the um it's also it's also think about the the perspective of these other uh, of like you were saying like it's a valid perspective that maybe it's not the answer it's not it's it's not maybe it's not the answer but it's um the only thing that that uh, some of the people in the community feel like is going to actually make a difference and, yeah. and I feel like that is that in itself is worth noting and saying that okay, if they if people are willing to go to the extremes of violence to show how they're feeling, then we need to take it seriously. I mean, to solve the problem. And and I think that that's 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 what we I know that I hope um, is is going to happen. Now, let me just say that. I don't, I don't um, support the violence in rioting and looting, but I understand why it happens, and, and I wish it didn't. And there, there is a better solution, but I think that the point is right now is um, that it's happening, and we need what can to. We do about and it. And what do we need to do? What are we going to do about it? And here's yeah. the thing. The, um, about the about the wound, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the not. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to. I want to. No, no. Off, you're you're I, right. Please, please say that because I think that's important. Yeah, I think it's it's about the. So I've told this story on the podcast before about uh, I don't remember who the this guy was. He gave a talk. I listened to it on a CD on my mission. Some apostle dude, or maybe he's a seventy. I don't know. Yeah. Christiansen is in his name somewhere. <laughs> um, probably not his first name. 
Uh, and he was talking about going hunting with his dog, and he wanted to show off his dog and how good his dog was at, you know, pointing at, uh, pointing out. Uh, I don't know how hunting works, so this is going to sound really <laughs> lame. Identifying the flying critters, right? Mm. And then they scare him up, they shoot him out of the sky, and the dog goes and finds him, whatever. Anyway, he took his dog with, I think it was like brother in, brothers-in-law, brothers-in-laws, whatever, mm-hmm. brothers-in-law. And uh, he wanted to show off his dog, and his dog was just acting like a jerk. Just didn't care. Wouldn't wouldn't go run and go find the his kill or anything. It was just kind of moping around and, and making him look bad. And so he kind of shoved it in the truck and was kind of harsh with it. And uh, when he got home, he pulled his dog out of the truck really frustrated. And when he pulled her out of the truck, he pulled his hand away, and there was blood on his hand. And he came to realize that this this dog was misbehaving because it was hurt. Not because it was trying to spite him. Not because it was trying to make him look bad in front of family. and Not because it's trying to be a jerk. But because it was hurt itself and it was having a hard time controlling its responses when it's feeling pain. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, that analogy is, is how... It's helped me be more compassionate to people who lash out instead of assuming that they're they're full of evil in their hearts, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's it, we all feel pain. Pain causes us to react, lash out in ways that we we normally wouldn't do, or we normally wouldn't be proud of, or we normally wouldn't condone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think that justifies acting poorly. I don't think. Uh, it's worth trying to justify and, and, and think and, and assume you can get away with whatever you want because you're hurt. But from the other perspective, it does tell us that there's something wrong. There's a wound that needs to be healed. And I think that's, you know, that's how I look at, at, at the riots and everything and, and, and a lot of the lashing out. And mm-hmm. there's a wound here that, that that is that needs to be healed. It doesn't justify the riots, in my opinion, at my perspective, because there's a lot more people getting hurt in different ways. And we've we've had, I don't know, four or five people killed now, and we've had lots of people wounded and, and people out of business and whatnot. That that's, I don't see how that could be be justified, but I see the wound here that is festering. That's that's how we that's how we help everyone is we we gotta I, I think we gotta help the wound you know mm-hmm. and honestly if I could just say what I'm feeling I think that it is like I think that most of us like I'm really hard I'm I'm really um what happy when I I'm on social media and I see all of these all of uh, these black allies it makes me happy to know that you the people that I'm around us in the trenches of life I would call it I guess who who are not in maybe these echelons of power and whatever but I guess just the, the people that I hang around that I'm with and that I know are the ones that are speaking out and particularly my my white brothers and sisters who are uh, condemning this the vile act and the, all of these the vile racist racist acts and and of of different of these people my my friends of different uh, political backgrounds all condemning it and i appreciate that and 
it makes me feel um, loved by, it makes me feel like you understand a little bit more than, than I felt that you did uh, when I see that stuff. And I think my message to all of my friends would be that let's, let's not be on different sides of, let's not be on different sides of an issue we know is wrong. Let's let's work right. to yeah let's 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 work together and work to be on the same side against evil, and not on different sides and evil in the middle. That really doesn't it, that doesn't move evil away. It just keeps it in place, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I want us to work together to push it out, to yeah, to push it out to to condemn it completely, and then. To teach people, and and to lend your voice and teach people that this is not right. And more importantly, and I think the most important is when we become parents, we teach our children what is right and how to teach every and how to treat everybody. Because honestly, that is the only way we're going to be able to eliminate racism and discrimination and bigotry all over. Is through our children. We have to teach them. That it's not okay, and I love that the gospel is such a uh, a powerful force in, in promoting love and and kindness. If we really look at the teachings of Jesus Christ, um, you know, he's always been been expounding that we should love each other, love one another. It it, it makes me sad, and this is just a perspective for me. Uh, it makes me sad to feel like I have to come out and I have to condemn racism for someone to know that I think racism is bad. I I I I live in a world where I assume most people uh think that way and I think they do. I think that is true. But I I feel a little bit sad right now that uh um, we have we're expected to say that in order for the community, the black community in particular, to to feel that support. And we, if if that, if saying that, if that provides that support, we should do it because they're not feeling it right now. That's I'm not trying to say that's wrong for them to assume that of us, but that's from my perspective. I'm like, man, I I feel like that's the default. That's 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 our our default. We we all believe racism is bad. Now we have to come out and and say it because we've had acts that are horrific happen online that we we see and and something has to be said, you know. And I think does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Is it okay to say it that way. I I think I think that the uh, I I am gonna I'm going I'm gonna tell you and challenge you and say that I think that it it is. That you have to do that, and it's no—it's no fault of your own. And I think that we know that, you know, as a community, black community, we know that it's not your fault. But we have to be sure and protect ourselves that you are, because of what has happened to our fathers and our grandfathers and our great grandfathers when it comes to however, however, however it was, it, however the time lapses, you know, from slavery through slavery or, the, or, or discrimination in civil rights in America, you know, we, we have to know that you are, mm-hmm. that you do think that way because it hasn't always been that way. And so I'm, 
it is sad that you do have to to do that. It is sad that it hasn't that it's just not natural that everybody um, feels that everybody is equal. Um, it's well, I mean, and, and it's especially like we're in 2020 now. This should happen, and I would I would I would say that most people. I'm going to give an arbitrary statistic because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say like maybe 80 to maybe 90% of the of I'd say every population. Maybe it's a little lower, but I'm going to say most people know that and and don't want and are not racist or or discriminatory or not by intention at least. Um but it's yeah. it's that has been passed down in some way or form or another and you know it is it needs to be fought against. Like it has to be. Now one of the things that I love about the gospel is that it always invites Christ always invites us to love each other regardless of race, creed, religion, all of that. Where we, we, he's commanded us to love each other, love each other, and he's also invited us to become more like him. And he has been the one. He is the one who is free from all of those that he loves all of his children, all of all of us equally, without. Um, without any respecter of persons he's no respecter of persons i think that's the phrase that's used in the scriptures oh and, that's it man yeah and the the beautiful part the beautiful thing of that to me is um he's no respecter of persons and we can become like he is and so that means that we can become no respecter of persons as as we follow him and improve ourselves day by day little by little through conversation, through the way we think, through the way we treat others. is, And the way that we can do that is just by treating each other the way that Christ would. Um, treating each other with love, kindness, respect. And I would even go so far as to say reproving each other with sharpness at times, but showing forth an increase of love after. I think that, that, I think that that's okay. If there's something that is happening... Um, that that needs to be shown, and and somebody you know doesn't maybe doesn't quite understand or any or like you know yeah you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm thinking of a story from uh, high school here. Um, so we we did uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. We did that play in my oh, senior year. Yeah, what a great great play. Yeah, it's an even better book. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it is a book. Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, oh, you're man, trying to make trying to... you trying to make it look dumb or what? No, 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 no. no. You do that well <laughs> enough on your own. <laughs> um, I was gonna say. I so I uh, I remember we had a class. We were in a in a like a ballet room or something. They have mirrors all over the walls, and we're trying to now. At my school we had like three or four or five black people as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mostly, uh, mostly white. And so we were trying to get into the show, get into the environment and understand it better when we grew up in an environment where we didn't interact with large populations of black people. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we had these mirrors in this room and uh, my teacher um, got up and she was like, she's the best. She's, she's trying to explain, trying to help us realize um, what racism was 
and she started with it with us by saying think of think of it as prejudice are there any people at school and I was, was going to say she she couldn't say are there any black people at school because most of us didn't have a lot of those interactions right mm-hmm. so she started with prejudice do we treat people poorly because their weight do we treat people poorly because of how they look or um, they have a stutter do we have prejudices against people for these surface level things and that's kind of where it started and we remember looking in this mirror and she's like look good and hard in this mirror and every one of us should see that we are we're at fault that we do have some prejudices and um, in the case of To Kill a Mockingbird, it's focusing on the prejudice of racism, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember sitting there and kind of having an epiphany, like, you know what? I'm a piece of crap. Just kidding. That's <laughs> no, it's not a, not exactly what happened. But I, I do remember um, it's almost like bringing the faults into the light and realizing, you know what? I do have these these prejudices in this case. You know, I, I these are some of my my faults, my weaknesses, and how I interact and treat other people. And um, I needed to come to grips with that to really understand uh, at least part of what this play was trying to to teach. Right, and that's just a piece of it. And obviously, I'm not trying to say uh, little little white Cody and his predominantly white high school came to understand <laughs> racism on a deeply fundamental level from looking at a mirror. I'm not trying to say that, but the principle is there of, of prejudice, and and I, I I had an you know I had a moment where I was like you know this these are things I can work on right now. That's what I what I feel like is an opportunity for America, and not, I shouldn't just say America. This is this is all over the place in in diverse populations, mm-hmm. but the the opportunity is here to look within ourselves bring some of these faults and and a lot of them are probably from what you the reason I'm bringing this up in in the first place is because you you mentioned uh, whether it's out of you know sometimes racism uh, is out of ignorance or it's out of we just have Mm -hmm. no idea Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if every time we talk to someone we have to identify them by their skin color um, it might not be like malicious racism but I think it could be said that they feel like they're defined by their skin color to someone else. There's an amount of, of maybe it's ignorant uh, prejudice there that uh, they would rather not have it's things like that. Um, whether it's out of ignorance or outright maliciousness, we, we can identify those. And I think most of, most of us it's, it's the ignorance that we need to, look into and see how we can improve and, and, and improve ourselves and then reach out and listen to the community that's hurting right now and, and try to help. Does that make sense? Did Abs- I ramble too much? No, no, I, absolutely. And and I want to say that we all, all of us, all communities can can benefit from that thing that, that you were saying, Cody, that we all look into, inside of us and just try to eliminate those little prejudice, prejudices that would come from ignorance or willfulness or whatever. Um, but, uh, no, not, but, and at the same time, um, be kinder and more loving and accepting of, uh, of all these, of, of, of everyone. Right. But also yeah. in this particular case, I think that 
whoever it is, um, the black community is hurting. And we need all communities, and specifically our, our brothers and sisters in the white communities that we live in, to look in and identify and help us fight this fight uh, of so that we can have a safer world for us, safer, safer world just like just like uh, so we can build a world that's safe for our children, just like um, you would like us a, a world that's safe for yours. And I feel like that's uh, once we do that, once it's that way, uh, we we will be more united and. And you can, and and we can all be united in this cause, and it just makes our world better. You know, yeah. one of the things, the thing, one thing I look forward to, um, one thing that I know is true, is that we can all be like Christ, and He was no respecter of persons, and He was the one that dined with the sinners and the and the publicans and he was the one that left um he left the 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 90 the one thing i love is he left the 90 and 9 uh sheep to go find the one and those 99 were, were sheep were 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 um safe and he was going to rescue the one and I like that analogy because I think that it um, what it shows to me is that he loves all of his children and he wants us all to love his children like he loves them. He wants us to be like him so that we can know what it's like to have unconditional and perfect love and how incredibly joyous that is. And, and and how rewarding it is uh, to have everyone feel that way. Can you imagine if we all felt that way, what our world would be like. And that's what I desire, is that we all have this Christ-like love. Whether we're white, brown, yellow, peachy purple, pink. peachy pink, or... Or devoid of color, as <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I desire all of this, and I think it's possible, and I, I know it's possible, and I have hope. Um, so yeah, it's amen to that. Yes, absolutely. I think I think uh, if you are not one, you are not mine. Oh, that's that's my my biggest concern for 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 everyone right now. Is uh, this crisis we're 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 in right now scares me more than COVID ever did. Yeah, we we can be uni- we can be united against a virus, a common shared enemy here. But uh, if 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 we feel like all these voices around us, whether it's uh, social media, media, whatever, blah blah blah, politics, you call it what you will, we feel like these voices are dividing us. Um when we're all when we're all willing to be on the same team uh that's my biggest fear that that we we aren't one and that's that's my prayer for for the nation is that you know what 
Like we all we all want to be on the same team in the end here. And I I believe we I believe we can get there, and it gives me encouragement and hope to know that you know that is that is a a teaching as a doctrine of Christ is is unity the importance of unity. So my I sorry I agree with everything you said, and uh, Cody I just want to say that I'm grateful that I have a friend and a brother like you that I know is my ally and I know is an ally of my people because you are my people and the black community is my people. We're all people, but in this case, I know that you are a friend to all of, to all of us. And I appreciate that. And thanks man. One of the things that I want to leave with everyone who's listening to our, to the podcast is that these things, these issues exist, and we need to unite against them. We need to unite against these issues, the racism uh, that's actually present, and not get bogged down in the details. The details don't matter. What matters is that it exists, and we need all the help to make sure it gets eradicated. So here's what I would encourage you all to do is... Listen to Michael Jackson and listen to Man in the Mirror. Like, because those words in Man in the Mirror are so powerful. Uh, here's what I'll, I'll quote it for you. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Uh, actually, let me grab up before I... It was going to be... Were you doing that from memory? I was, and then <laughs> I just totally butchered it. So let me find it. I was gonna say, I'm like Lenny. You just got the the the, the name of the song there. It's uh, yeah. It's a good start, though. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Oh yeah. And you know what? I would be, I would dare say that is a gospel principle. Yeah, I get behind that. All right, well, how how dare you? <laughs> you just you just dared. <laughs> I did. I definitely dared. <laughs> uh, do you wanna do you wanna say real quick? I know we got to wrap up here because it's friggin' twelve thirty at night, uh, right? But uh, um, we we wanted to have this conversation sooner than later, so we're staying up late for it. But uh, you you were saying some good things earlier on the phone about uh, what what. What what can what are some things that we we can do in our different communities or different bubbles to to help make a difference here? Um, we were talking about social media. There's the blackout thing going on, and how yeah. not everyone's doing that, and that's okay. You know, there's different ways we can get involved. Me personally and Lenny, we're not as uh, social media savvy, so we honestly don't uh, do stuff like that. But we still are wanting to be involved and, and I know Lenny's been doing plenty over there but uh, anyway you had some good ideas so I wanted you to share those yeah quick. absolutely um, I think one of so there are a couple of things that you can do and I think but the main overarching uh, thing about it is get involved is uh, get involved with your community um, the the change that we're asking for starts 
and is really effective at a community level. Get involved with any organization, any civil rights organization. Um, you know, donate to some of the causes. You know, of course, do your research. Make sure that the the money, if you're going to donate, goes to the the cause that you are promoting or that you want to promote. You know, there, there's because of course there's plenty of right. You know, swindlers out there. So shenaniganizers. Shenaniganizers. Um, and, and you know, I would dare say. Um, another way is to talk to a person of color, and especially if you're white, talk to a person of color, ask them their experience, and listen. Listen like Christ would listen to somebody who is telling them, telling him their story. I imagine that Christ would be so loving and so quiet and so attentive to their story because this person is telling them things that really matter to them. I would say that that is important. We need we need you to know how we feel. As far as we know, as far as it is, um, you may never know. And, and I'm not going to say you won't ever know because we don't know. But you may never know what it was like, what it's like to be uh, in our shoes so you need to know from our experience what it's like. When armed with that knowledge, you can create marvelous change. Now, and I would say even for, from my, my black brothers and sisters, I think that what we can do is the same things too, as well as be willing to share our stories and be willing to talk and be willing to uh, see the, our, uh, our white brothers and sisters as potential allies and not be mistrustful or anything like that. Nor do, I don't really think that happens as much, but I just want to share that that too. Um, so I, I think that that is really important. Those things. Get involved and listen and understand as much as you can about what's happening, um, especially to people of color. Uh, our stories matter, just like your stories matter. And we... Uh, we are all in this together. So that's what I would say. Is get involved and listen. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, sir. Absolutely. Everyone, we thank you for joining with us on this heavy episode. It was... Heavy like heavy metal. Heavy metal. There was... It's emotionally charged... And, but we appreciate you listening and being a part of the In Black and White show where we just talk about the gospel in these natural settings and how it affects us and how it affects our worldview and what we can do as gospel people to affect our world. So thanks again. If you have comments, concerns, or want to talk to us about this this issue or any others, you can contact us in all of our platforms, our social media, which is the at, at the handle at Podcast as well as email us at inblackandwhitepodcast at, at, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching, everyone, and God is good. Godspeed, everyone.